Cheers. Cheers. I'm Emily Harmon. I provide wine consultancy for restaurants, bars, hotels. Um, basically, uh, I would say I help restaurants with their wine list, manage their suppliers. Most of the work that I do is um, to do with wine training. So teams that don't necessarily have wine expertise in the restaurant. So training waiters, managers on the wines that are on the list. And then on the side doing like some educational stuff, some seminars for different people. Occasionally blogging and general advice also for private customers too um, and for events. Cool. My description of my job's going to be much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Gwen Douglas. And I I'm... draw on people. Oh, yeah, exactly. I draw on people for a living. <laughs> way more fun yeah well I don't know for me maybe maybe not for them <laughs> and otherwise on the side I like to do illustrations paintings and whatnot also for commission and I like to drink wine <laughs> I've been my own boss for about 13 years so since 2005 I made me sound like a republic or something like and when did you claim independence <laughs> it's like from 2005 in June I became <laughs> The Independent Republic of Gwen Douglas Tattooer. Yeah. <laughs> and when did you start in wine? I started working in restaurants when I was 14, so 15 years ago, waitressing. And I guess then I sort of got my interest in food. I was only working in like a basic pizza restaurant called Pizza Organic. Oh, <laughs> fancy. Sorry, I know yeah. it sounds... <laughs> Not that snappy of a name. <laughs> Does it really it? roll off they the were, tongue? I know they were like a chain, and it's like it's unbelievable that they were sort of. I think they've all closed down now. Where was that? That was in Red Hill in Surrey. So I did that part time when I was still studying, and weirdly, like just before I was sixteen, I had keys to the restaurant. I was one of the supervisors. It was like, we kind of had something similar, actually. I was also management really? around pretty young it's crazy, isn't it? I, know, like, it's I still bananas. can't believe somebody would give keys to a restaurant to a sixteen-year-old. Well, I didn't have, I probably, maybe it was a nightclub, but I was about 18, 19, and I was like assistant manager at one of the biggest nightclubs in the city I lived in. It's like, what were they thinking? Sounds much more glamorous than my pizza restaurant. I mean, <laughs> I did also work in a 50s diner and a buffet. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a waitress at a buffet place. Oh, it was horrible. We really? also had like drink quotas. Like you had to serve a certain amount of uh, alcohol per person. And if you didn't consistently meet that target, you would get fired. Yeah, we had secret shoppers came in quite often. Like once a month would come in and check on us. But anyway, I always continue. wanted to do that. I was a secret yeah. shopper for Guinness once. That was fun. Anyway, 16, Pizza Organic. Pizza Organic. Keys to the restaurant. Keys to the restaurant, unbelievably. And then moved to Australia. And I think had a bit of an identity or location crisis, if you like, didn't quite settle in initially. So, um, decided not to continue with my studies and decided to, um, carry on working. Cause what I, were you studying at that point? Well, I was at, so it was like college, the college alternative. Yeah. So I was doing history, human biology, <laughs> government and politics. What a mixed language, bag of stuff. literature. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And then, um, but I wanted, weirdly, I wanted to do like photo media or something like that mm -hmm. at university. So I was like, oh, that can wait. I actually was quite lucky. My parents were quite understanding and said, you don't need to do your studies immediately. That was very rude of me. It's okay. I forgive you this time. But then I started working in this restaurant and that's really where I think I started to get my interest in wine because we had a wine list um, at the restaurant I was working at in Mandra in Western Australia. 
um, that had a lot of wines from Western Australia, where yeah, we cool. lived, was like two hours north of a wine region called Margaret River, yeah. which is still one of my all-time favourite places in the whole world to visit. Yeah, cool. It's so stunning. That's when I really actually got into like drinking Sauvignon Blanc and like SSBs, Sauvignon yeah. Blanc Sauvignon blends. And um, yeah, visited wineries. And it was still like, I think at that point, I loved working in restaurants. There was just something about the energy of being part of a team. Um, totally getting to see all this amazing food, getting to eat like with discount, yeah. drink with discount. I do feel like that, like the people that work in service, you know, like once, once you've worked in it, it's, it's, it's almost for life. That sort of feeling of, yeah. Cause I always think if I couldn't be a tattooer now, it's absolutely the first thing I would do is go back to working in service. Cause I loved it. And I feel like working in my job is pretty similar. I offer service, I create an environment for someone to enjoy an experience, you know, I mean, they're bleeding more than your clients are, but otherwise, yeah, you want someone to come away feeling that everything was just right, their needs were anticipated, that they leave happy and got value for money. Why is that still going off? Uh, when? I, I mean, know. we just talked oh about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, I just enjoyed it. And then I guess I was getting to go out, eating, drinking, and then I moved back to the UK at the age of 18. So I was already into wine at like 17. Just crazy because like I was drinking like the shittest wines when I was like living on my own. Like the buffet place had the probably the most awful wine list known to men. And like I probably drank cases and cases of like Jackson Triggs Chardonnay. <laughs> but most people do. Like just like I can visualize right now my recycling bin at the end of the driveway of just bottles of that. Just so much of it. Horrible. Terrible. <laughs> There was like a verdicchio, like I, there was some of these wines and we had lots of stuff that was like in boxes and because the buffet served uh, by the glass out of liter, like liter carafes and we were trained to like, we were actually real pushers. You had to put the bottle on the table and be like, help yourself. You'll just be charged for what you like, pay for what you pour. It's such a good trick. There's a restaurant around the corner that does that. Yeah. yeah, If you ask for a glass, they pour you the two, like the glass and... They just put it Leave the bottle with you. And it's like, if you want to help yourself. Help it's yourself. Like, I think the only thing that was awful is that when I turned 18 and started working in the service bar, I knew what happened to those carafes beyond at the table. Because those bottles were just getting married together over and over and over. <laughs> it's like, you just don't know. There's like, it's like some weird, it's like the Solera system of buy the glass wines. Like there's probably wine in there from Buffet like the mid Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like from the 80s, still floating around in there. Oh my God. So I think it took me longer to discover nice wines. It's <laughs> making me laugh. Like it's an interesting, it was an interesting thing. And I think there I sort of would be able to know what I sort of liked. And I guess then I had a stage of drinking New Zealand Sauvignon, which I think a lot of people do because it's a good. Because it's yummy. And it's an en- entry. It's, en- easy, it's an entry to it's wine. Juicy. It's the first wine yeah. that you can taste. And you can actually, for me, it was like, I think that's when my wine palette started to, right. uh, when I started to develop it. you can it. start identify things. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh exactly. my God, this really does smell like blackcurrant. Yeah. This really does smell like grapefruit. My God, it really does smell like cat's piss, you know? <laughs> and I just remember drinking bottles of it. And I worked at this restaurant in Surrey, which is now closed, called The Westerly. Um, oh, yes, please. I'd love to have some more. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I started working there, so I was... 18 and uh, well I did a brief stint as cabin crew then I went to you did some cabin crew yeah for six months really 
Oh my God, frightening. Yeah. I kind of liked it though, like traveling around, seeing places, but I just found the job like not mentally stimulating enough for me. And then uh, I went to work at this place called the Westerly, which had then at the time had uh, a Michelin bib gourmand. So like the step yep. under, a, uh, under a star and uh, like Jay Rayner had just reviewed it like a week after I started working there. So they were on like the six, like on the page, like the six page page of, I think the observer and they're fully booked. Like I, I've actually been really quite lucky in a lot of my jobs that I've worked at places. Then all of a sudden they become like, they've taken well off. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, and there we had a list, a wine list that was, um, put together exclusively by one of the wine suppliers, Le Cave de Peren, which is, mm-hmm. um, they're based in Guildford in Surrey as well. And Funnily enough, it's where I grew up as well. <laughs> yeah, I know it's funny. <laughs> yeah, isn't in that it? area. And, uh, and I, there's like a Bible, they call it like a wine Bible. It's like, it's huge, this book. And there's like pages. So it's a catalog of the wines with the pricing. Actually, there's no pricing, just a catalog of the wines. And then there's like little poems and stories and information on all the producers and like silly jokes. And I just started reading that in my spare time. And I started taking wine home from the restaurant and Cynthia and John were really into wine as well. So they would say, Oh, you've got to try this. So I was just did the wine training yesterday at the Mm -hmm. Burger. And I said to the guys, like, one of the blind sorry today it was even yesterday <laughs> and uh and one of the blind ones I gave them was um Foradori Tiroldego the entry level and I said to them oh my god I've been drinking this wine for over 10 years <laughs> I ate at Marcus Waring at the Barclay which I can't remember it's two or three star at the time and I went there for a lunch I was 19 jeez Louise it was ridiculous yeah I was like saved up all my money to go for the like eight course lunch and the two wines Foradori was one of the wines I had at that lunch. I chose it from the wine list because I was like, I know that wine is delicious yeah. and I can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like £38 on the list. Obviously, it's more expensive now. But yeah, and that was what I really got into the wine there. And then I think really got into food because it was amazing, the food there. The quality of the food for the price of that restaurant was ridiculous at the Westerly. Yeah. And um, then I wanted to open my own restaurant. Um, <laughs> and I imagined that I would be like a restaurant manager, like an owner. I didn't ever think... I would have a wine roll until then I worked at the River Cafe where they had a sommelier team. And again, like was just buying ridiculous amounts of wine to the point where like Charles Pullen, uh, one of the managers who's still there today, he sat me down and was like, <laughs> Emily, um, we've had a look at like your staff account because they take it out of your pay <laughs> yeah. every month. We had a look at your staff account and we've noticed that like every month you're spending more and more money. And um, we've just noticed that like this, like this last month you spent £400. Oh my God. On... You know, wine. wine, basically. I came into, you're allowed to come in and eat once a month as well. Yeah. So it's a bit of food. And I said, yeah. And I said, oh, am I not allowed to, to buy that much? And yeah. he said, it's not so much that. We just want to make sure that you, you can live. Money yeah. To live. Yeah. Cause I was commuting from Surrey. Oh so my I would God. run. Cause luckily there was, the restaurant has like a, a curfew that they have to close at 11 o'clock Monday to right. Thursday and then 11.20 Friday and Saturday because it's a residential yeah. area. So literally we would finish, then we'd have to clean the restaurant and then I would sprint for the bus to oh get to God. Clapham to then get the train. And then I like, it would take me about an hour and a half to get to and from like one way to get oh, to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to work there and I yeah. was living in Surrey. So I was like, I'm going to do it. So I just kept buying, buying lots of wine and I remember a supplier came in once and said, oh, you're really into your wine, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And he, I said, have you got any tips to help me learn? And he said, yeah, just start writing down when you taste the wine, start writing notes on the wine. What yeah. can you taste? So I started buying books and I started writing these toasting notes and they were so 
basic. I wish I could find you one. Sh- it's almost like when you see so like, lovely. Yeah. It's almost when you see like a journals from when you're yeah, like, or a, like teenager. a three year old when they come back with their school homework and oh, you're like, bless. Oh, look at that basic yeah. section. <laughs> Spelling mistakes. It was like that. And, um, yeah. And then I think it was really a hobby for me. Wine, wine became like a hobby, but I think that's what's interesting because you started young. I think that's why, like, at the level you're at now, it's like, because you're quite young for the level you're at, I feel like. like. Yeah, I think people are often surprised. Like, I've been... But it's like you've been immersed in it for so long that it's sort of... Yeah, I've got a lot of friends, like, um, some of my London friends who are older, that are probably, that have the same amount of experience, yeah. but, but they're just older. So they're maybe, you know, now I'm, you know, reaching 30. It's like, I think people are more... Um, I'm not so, I'm not so, it's not so precocious no. anymore, but I always, but I do think you just start, yeah, yeah. But I think you just started your interest in wine quite young. Cause I think like when I think about my interest, even in nicer food or in wine, it probably, you know, I probably didn't even start eating nice things until I was about 23. But you know, when I was working in restaurants, you know, I, I started in restaurants under 18 and in Canada, you make nothing. You know, there's a Is wage. the drinking age 18 there then? Uh, it's 18 the in Quebec. Club. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's 18, 18 to 10 bar, uh, 16 to bring alcohol from the bar to a table, uh, and 19 to drink in Ontario, 18 in, in Quebec. Yeah. Cause in the UK you can drink like a beer yeah, with your dinner at 16. Yeah. No. 16 you can like serve a drink, but you can't drink it. Okay. But. Yeah, like I was making nothing because because minimum wage there is so low for waitresses, and when you're under eighteen, they're allowed to pay you even less. So I was making really nothing, really relying on tips. And I started as a hostess, so you know I worked as a hostess. I worked in the kitchen. I did everything, and that was like by the time I was eighteen, the next step would have been to move into management. And that first restaurant didn't want to. They said I was too young. But I was like, I know all this, you know, nearly all the stations in the restaurant. And I'm head hostess, so I was already managing basically the floor. So I was like, yeah, if you don't want to promote me or give me a raise, then I'm out. And I left. I'm going to the nightclub where they're going to give me a set of keys. Yeah. <laughs> In charge of the safe. It was good. No, but like even at the at the bar, you know, I started there when I was yeah 19. And originally I worked in the Tiki Bar. There was a little Tiki Bar in the basement. It's an old vaudeville theater, really beautiful building. And downstairs was the original like coat check for the theater. It was a, this weird little tiki bar and I was starting to get into cocktails and, you know, I think the, you know, there wasn't such a huge cocktail culture as there is now at the time. So we really didn't know what the hell we were doing. Like I got like $20 a night budget to buy juices and whatnot, but otherwise I would just read book about books about classic cocktails. And eventually when the management position opened, they, they offered it to me, but I really did not want to work in the nightclub upstairs because I was terrified of crowds and I was an alternative kind of looking girl. And it was more of a like, you know, meat market kind of a, I just didn't think I'd fit in upstairs. So I had been promised that I could still manage and not have to ever work behind the bar upstairs. And about three months later, I ended up on full-time shifts upstairs, which sucked. (laughs) But it helped me in my tattoo career because I wasn't the kind of girl that the men that went to that place were into. It meant that I had a lot of, because I was a bit alternative and I was tattooed. And I think for like the sort of, you know, top 40 kind of dudes, 
that were going in there, they were just a bit put off by me. So my end of the bar was like, every girl knew if you came to my end of the bar, you'd get served first, which is unusual for a female bartender. So I was like the favorite for a lot of girls that came in. So when I eventually started tattooing, all those girls gave me a piece of skin to do something small. So it sort of carried me into even my tattoo career. I tattoo a lot more women than men. I like hanging out with girls. It's like fun. I have a really good time. And even at the bar, especially when you see a lot of times in nightclubs, women aren't always taken care of, protected, looked after. I think it was nice to give that to the female patrons. But around that time, I started dating a guy who was head chef at a restaurant called uh, Becta in Canada and it had newly opened. And he was also 23. We're both 23. And he was like, it was his first head chef position. And I spent a lot of time hanging out there. And that was when I first started realizing. Yeah. And realizing that there was like wine beyond like the shitty wine that I'd been serving at, you know, the envy buffet. Yeah. Cuvée buffet. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, it was nice to, and I was like fascinated by the Psalms there and, you know, it was like a magic show when they would talk about wine and, and pairing wines. And I always really loved the idea of pairing things mm. and that two things could complement each other, the way colors complement each other, you know, yeah. that yeah. things vibrate together and that you can enhance things by mixing flavors. But yeah, I loved that. Also seeing service done well, because I'd only ever worked in sort of lower end restaurants to suddenly see things like attention to detail on like the sound that footwear makes or, you know, the color of things or how things are placed. I loved that detail-oriented sort of thing. <laughs> and But with the tattooing, when did you start doing that? Mm. So you were doing that, you were studying that while you were at the nightclub or it just started no. just before that? or So I started uh, working in service because I was in university, which I also gave up on halfway through. A lot of people do. I think we, we're, we're sort of indoctrinated to think like we have to study, you must study, your life will not be a success if you do not study more. And actually we're not, then you get into life other options. No, yeah. yeah. And then you realize that like life happens. And you know, now that I talk to my father, I, you know, I'm one of the few in my family that's not university educated completely. And, uh, you know, my dad always says he probably would have gone into trades if he, if he were to do it again, because there's something so satisfying about doing something with your hands, like working with real people, with a work that satisfies you instantly where you see results You know, he works as a scientist, so you don't always get to see what the end outcome is. (laughs) But yeah, so I was, the whole point of working in bars and restaurants was to facilitate me going to school. And then the balance slowly started shifting (laughs) that I enjoyed spending time at work more. Mm. I feel like with the bubbles we're drinking, there's going to be a lot of burping from me. That's okay. There's it. (laughs) We make a like a no judgment burp rule. No judgment burp rule, because otherwise I'm gonna be doing this is a safe place where you can burp. I'm gonna be doing that. (laughs) I'm gonna be doing that awkward thing where you're like (laughs) trying to like talk through the burp, like and hide the burp. burp. That's the I'm not gonna hide the burp, I'm just gonna let let them free. So I just wanted to put that out there as a warning. (laughs) That's okay, yeah. So when you hear that noise, you know what it is. I (laughs) do love asking people what they what they studied (laughs) before they went into their jobs, because I always think it's quite funny. Yeah, I wanted to do photography. I wanted to be a lawyer. Like, what happened? I did consider that at one point, and then I was like, oh. Too much school. (laughs) I have a friend who's a tattooer, and I remember asking him, what did you do? Like, you went to university. What do you have a degree in? Medieval languages. What were you going to do with that? That But I guess, you know, as well, I I feel differently about education now. Um, You know, because I've been thinking about taking up some more education. And I was thinking, you know, for me, it's like I see education – 
I mean, I have my job and of course I have to educate myself and keep myself informed sure. and up to date for that anyway. So I'm kind of quite lucky that I'm always learning. But in terms of like other topics, let's say outside of the world of wine, I was thinking about it because I was like, oh, would I ever give up my job? Would I ever do anything else? If I did, what would I do? You know, those sort of deep little thoughtful moments yeah. to myself. And, but I think it's good to have those moments. Yeah. yeah. I, I thinking, do it too a lot. I do? And then I thought, do you know what? I think it's so cool if I wanted to do a course in something, you know, like with the clay, you got me into yeah. like making things out yeah. of clay. So now you've seen therapeutic. I don't know if you've, have you seen oh, them? Yeah, no, there's, cool. the don- there's a donkey and a kangaroo <laughs> and everything. Kangaroo. We might have to post photos of these on the Instagram page for you to see the ceramic donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kangaroo because he doesn't stand up straight. And he's tired. <laughs> yeah, because I made him wrong. But, you know, and I thought it's so good for your like brain. Yeah, it is. Because it's a muscle, you have to exercise it. Yeah, it needs stimulating. And I think that's how I see education now. It's like, I don't see it as something that's necessarily, okay, I'm going to do this course, so then I can no. do this. It's more like, I'm going to do this because it's going to enrich it's, my knowledge. Right. It's interesting to do yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like going to a gallery, yeah, like, exactly. what do you get out of it? It's or like, like, I love reading books about like royal history, like monarchy from different countries. I've got so. quite a few books on Stoic philosophy at the moment. I'm reading Seneca. <laughs> I was reading, I was reading Keats the other day, like for no reason, just like, I feel like reading some romantic poetry. It's (laughs) It's nice. Have a glass of wine and like read myself some poetry. It's lovely. I did have a stage where I was, I remember when I first came to Berlin, had a breakup before, um, (laughs) and I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to Berlin, going out by my own, uh, on my own, by my own. <laughs> I don't know, I like yeah. to buy my own. It's got more like a street uh, vibe to it. Going out by my own. And uh, again, it sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mum and dad, for my poor, my poor English. But um, yeah, and I was going out by myself. And, uh, and I remember I'd been to um, the museum, like Hamburger Bahnhof. Yeah. And um, I bought this Andy Warhol book, like called The Philosophy oh, I of Andy to... Warhol. Have you read it? No, but I did go through an Andy Warhol phase where I was like reading everything Ultraviolet so, had put so out. It's so entertaining. Yeah. And it's just like these little snippets and comments the whole way through. And, awesome. And, um, and I was going out like in the evenings to different cocktail bars with my Andy Warhol book, drinking What martinis. a bar fly. <laughs> Martini. What a barfly, just hanging yeah. out by yourself, drinking martinis and, and reading and about Warhol. Warhol. Yeah, and I texted a school friend of mine oh. and I told him and he was like, oh my God, like <laughs> you are so fucking cliche right now. Like, who do you think you are? He's like, I would not get this text message from anybody else. I was like, yeah, I know. It sounds really, I sound like a complete yeah. hipster wanker. Yeah. But actually it feels it's bloody great, good. Yeah. yeah. And uh Yeah. It's funny, there's like, my new thing is like, I love audiobooks so much, just like wandering around the city. But you know, sometimes you'd, you'd like to wallow in a, I did it recently where I was like not feeling that great at the end of winter and downloaded the, possibly the worst book that I could have been listening to wandering around solo, listening to like Walden. (laughs) Like, let's just listen to a book about being like alone and feeling miserable and like in the woods. Not a good idea. Now I'm listening to the UK Top 40. I feel much better on my way to work. (laughs) You have to balance it. 